This, this is Christ the King. Come, let us adore him. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. You are officially the few and the faithful, or the many and the brave, however you want to put it. Um, I'm so glad that you're here, that we can celebrate this day together. It's always been my favorite service of the year, which is almost a blasphemous thing to say, was church with such great music and spectacular worship yesterday on Christmas Eve, which was a great gift to our church and our city. But I love the quiet and the simplicity and just the gathering on this most holy day of the people of God. And one of the great gifts for me as the rector or the celebrant, this is the celebrant's chair, is the view I get not only of each of you, but of these beautiful windows. And I invite you just to turn for a moment. Um, if you were here on Christmas Eve, you would have seen our, an image of our nativity window, which is the window there. You've got to hope that the people who built this church, you said, what about if we put a window right there? Because around Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the light will shine on Mary and Jesus. And if you notice these windows, light will move and shine in different parts of the story as it does in and through our lives. But sometimes we get the story a little bit back to front. I want to begin with the tale I heard recently. This is a story from California. So just, you know, bracket that. We were from California previously, only in California. Anyway, so there was this uh, mother and daughter were walking uh, around their neighborhood, and they noticed uh, nativity scenes. It was a, it's a warm part of the world, Southern California, and so there were nativity scenes out in the front yard. Of course, you had that tradition that Jesus remains out of the scene until the very last moment when you can place him there and the celebration of his birth. Well, this couple were, this uh, mother and daughter were walking around the town and enjoying these beautiful nativity scenes until they stopped in their tracks to absolute horror that whoever had put this nativity scene together had forgotten all about the baby. They had the shepherds and they had the camels and they had a few sheep. It was beautifully laid out. They thought they're going to ruin Christmas for everybody else. So off they went to the local toy store found the most beautiful-looking baby doll that they could, exact replica of how Jesus looked, <laughs> carefully laid him down in the manger, took a selfie, and walked on their way, having fixed Christmas on December the 2nd, only a good three or four weeks before the recognized delivery date. We should have sympathy when people do surveys of Religious literacy, or maybe religious illiteracy, my favorite's always this, that people believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. That's always been my favorite. That we live in a time where people aren't entirely sure of this story. The truth is that we want to place Jesus where it's convenient for us on a regular basis. And if we take a step back from the gospel that we hear this morning and have a little peek into history, we notice that quite deliberately, not by mistake, the gospel writer of Luke was a whole different set of interests to the gospel writer of Matthew and the gospel writer of Mark and John. Who knows what's going on for him? But Luke has some things to tell us. We 
you take a look at the scene, this, this movement of all the people to the town of their birth to be registered, there's no record that that is what the Judean province of the Roman Empire wished to do at that time. It's unlikely that there would have been shepherds out in the fields at night because mostly it's cold. And sheep and other livestock were very precious to the people of that land. They would have been inside where it's warm with the people, with the people sleeping up and the livestock sleeping below. So maybe Jesus was born in a manger, in a feeding trough, but there was most likely company. No room in the inn, but come and stay at my house with our creatures and our family. And we can keep on looking at the story yet not mistake it for a record of history or Luke's version of labor and delivery in the first century, but really a comment about how we might see Jesus placed in that time in history. Because that time in history had another Lord, uh, another Savior, another person who brought peace, and that was the emperor of Rome, Augustus. And Luke wants to tell us, as he continues to tell us through his gospel, that this new king has arrived to usher in a new kind of kingdom. Just think of the resonance of that perhaps most famous story in the gospel of Luke, of the Good Samaritan. The story where enemies, long-standing enemies, become one another's rescuer. Just think of the healings the people who are poor, the people who are looking for light to shine upon the nations. Think of Mary's song as she hears from Gabriel, that the lowly will be lifted up. Luke is setting a scene, a bit like our friends placing Jesus a bit too early in the crib, setting a scene at the people who placed this beautiful church building as a legacy for us to enjoy a scene for us to meet one another in the world, yet see that world in a whole new light, as we see this world in a new light through these stained glass images. Christmas is not a matter of placing Jesus where we want him to be, but of asking ourselves how we will orient our lives into the story, how we will place ourselves in relation to the one who will not move in the end, but who will move us, not by force, not as the emperor did by the sword, but by changing, by opening, by loving our hearts. That truly is the gift of Christmas that we are invited to offer to others. Not only that we may give and receive tokens of the love we share for one another, but that through Jesus we might start to be changed, that we ourselves might become a gift transformed by Christ for the sake of Christ's world. And perhaps to be fair to my friends from Southern California, 
The thing that can be missing from the scene most of all is that immovable child, that Jesus belongs at the heart of the scene all the time. I wonder how your life in this year soon to come might be oriented to the one who will remain and be faithful to you day by day, hour by hour, choice by choice in how we see him in all of his glory in the lives of others. I hope and pray as you seek to orient your life to Christ that you might come here and see your light transfigured and transformed for the lives of the people here in this community. Or perhaps you might come back to this beautiful church building in a daytime and pray and find a time of quiet to remember again the child who came to set us all free. However, you will get your compass, your orientation back in line. I pray that you will offer what to others what is offered to each of us, that space for grace, that space to have room enough to change, to become the bearers of Christ as Mary bore Christ for us. And so take that blessing of God with us, God within us, God reorienting our lives for the sake of God's world as your blessing this Christmas time. May you share it with your loved ones. May you share it with friend and stranger. May we all find that new life born in us. Amen.